0: Hey, Welcome back to a special full episode of God I Fire Wrestling by us truly Jamal Honest. And today, you know, I we are definitely going to talk about the history of SummerSlam, but we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about the current match card for this Saturday night at Legion Stadium in Las Vegas. and rather the 34th annual SummerSlam event is going to be amazing. You got matches like Goldberg and Lashley for the WWE Championship, Cena and Reigns for the Universal Championship. A triple-down match between Nikki ASH, Charlotte Flair, and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship, and much-anticipated rematch from WrestleMania between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. That show, that match itself, really did steal the show. let this past April, and we're gonna get it to so get to see it one more time. The rematch of the century at SummerSlam. And speaking of rematches, you always think that SummerSlam every year gives you a special meaning-type matchup. And it really does. You, know, you think about it. You go back to the history of SummerSlam. You get those epic rematches. Say, like, you know, Shawn and Razor's ladder match from 1995. Or the first ever TLC match involving in three men that competed in the WrestleMania Triangle ladder match in the between Edge and Christian The Hardy's and the Devil's. You get these, all these special kinds of matches that happen at SummerSlam. It's truly a phenomenon. SummerSlam, mm-hmm. to me, is, you know, we Tagline, had a lot of tagline. The biggest man of Summer. The biggest party of Summer. The biggest blockbuster summer one year in two thousand eight, Summerslam to me it's like one of her events. It may be as of right now the second largest event of the year, past WrestleMania. Even though you think about that, you know, some, Survivor Series will still be record as, you know, the second longest event in the WWE history behind WrestleMania. Of course, but Summerslam it's always has special meanings to it, you know. And you see all these epic matches, you know. You also got the SmackDown tag team connections online between two families, of Usos and the Mysterios, Rey and Dominic. You know, you have Dream Matches. First time ever. Seven years in the making. We'll see Edge one-on-one against Seth Rollins. Who would ever thought we'd see that matchup? You got the U.S. title online between Seamus and Damian Priest. The Scottish sideboard, Drew McIntyre, we'll go one-on-one against the modern-day Rajas, Jinder Mahal. He got the Raw Tag was it was just signed this past Monday and Raw with 80,000 almost Spinning against the team of RK Bro, Renner and Riddle. I'm sorry, you know, you think about this kind of matches This is, you know, pretty epic, kind of weird, but who knows, it could work out. You know, I mean, Renner and Riddle have not been teamed up for a long time, but usually when they do, success seems to follow a lot, you know? But hey, you know, whatever it to their boat. You know, if they can get the job done at SummerSlam, that would be pretty incredible. It really is. But yeah, you know, SummerSlam has always been one big four event. You know, the inaugural SummerSlam actually took place on August 29, 1988. I mean, who would ever thought, you know, it would come as huge as it did back then. You know? It's pretty crazy, though. You know, you think of SummerSlam, you think of anything and any, everything that could happen. You know? Who could ever forget the first SummerSlam that took place in New York here, he had the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. That match was pretty good. You know, I remember that match. You know, it was a match for Garden. 20,000 fans there. The tagline was, where the Mega Powers beat the Mega Bucks. It was pretty good matchup. Overall, you know, I was happy with the win, you know, by the Mega Powers, defeating the Mega Bucks, you know, about 15 minutes. And what's good about that, you had Jesse the Buddy Tintura as a special referee. It doesn't get any bigger than that, you know? Four-star power there. You got, you know, Andre Giant and Ted DiBiase. And then you got Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. When you mix those four elements into place, you're going to get one explosive main event match. You know? But that's not something that also happened. Technically, remember about, uh, SummerSlam 88 was memorable for the Intercontinental Championship match. Hulk, Hogan, who had the longest reigning NXT title run during that time period in the 80s in the W's history. Over a year and change. War came out that night and squashed on time and within 31 seconds become the new Intercontinental Champion. Probably one of the biggest highlights and memorable SummerSlam memorable moments that will ever go down in history. Came out there, body splash, you know, um, bench press, it was done. Pretty crazy, you know? Think about that, I'm like, wow. Delphiore was so over back in the day, you know, there's nothing that could stop this momentum that ever happened, you know? But think about it. You know, also, Southampton was actually pretty good for his tag team matches that night. They got the very first match in Southampton's history. The British Bulldogs, They Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, defeating the, Ru- the Rougeau brothers of Jack and Raymond Rougeau. That match went to a 20-minute draw. Neither did both teams get the best of each other. But you have the first match at inaugural event on Summerslam, and it goes to a 20-minute draw. That's how good these teams were, the British Bulldogs and the Rougeau brothers, the fabulous Rougeau brothers that night. Pretty epic event, you know. Let's say, you know, maybe if Randy Or and Riddle can pull off a win against AJ Styles almost. Mind you, AJ Styles has been in really red hot fire these past summer days at SummerSlam. You know, go up against the likes of John Cena. Go up against the likes of Samoa Joe. You know, go against the rise of Ricochet two years ago. AJ Styles has always been on an event to remember at SummerSlam. Pretty, Pretty epic and pretty amazing at the same time there, too. You know? Let's go back to the following year. It'll be Eastwood from New Jersey, SummerSlam 89, with 20,000 fans there in the Mellowlands Arena. I don't know, kind of want to change the name. Yeah, you know, Mellowlands Arena was actually pretty memorable for a lot of SummerSlams. Even 97. Well, you know, we'll get there. We'll not flashback in the past too much, though. But it's pretty crazy, you know, because the, there was also a tag team match that made it the SummerSlam also, with Hulk Hogan and Brutus Cake versus Randy Savage and Zeus. Everybody knows that Tommy Lester, that plays the guy named Zeus, in well the character is Zeus during the time for WWE, he also made a movie around the same time that came out with Hulk Hogan called No Holds Barred, one of the famous franchise movies that ever come out at that time, really big success there. I, to me, I watched that movie so many times. It's pretty amazing. If you haven't seen No Holds Barred, go on the movie, and you take you know Hulk Hogan and Tommy Lester from that movie in some SummerSlam match involving Randy Savage and Brutus Bar Beefcake. Pretty epic, though. You never think uh, stuff like this could actually happen in real life, but this one did, you know. Pretty epic match up there, but Hulk Hogan and Bruce bauer found found a way to win the match against Randy Savage and Zeus that night. Pretty epic, you know. Also, big matches actually happened tonight night. Yeah, Greg break the brown, him time and defeated Hercules, and Teddy Yossi defeating Jimmy Snooker by Kana. Pretty crazy. But also, another high match at night was saw the Ultimate Warrior, defending, especially defending Incarno kind of change against Rick Rue. You know, pretty cool. You know, I was always a big Rue Rude fan that night. He played the hero character so well that it was actually pretty hard to hate this guy. You know, but you, you did. You know, so, pretty epic though for the most part. You know? But get this. If you have a rivalry series as Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rule, then, you know, there's no contains rivalry that this rivalry was so epic that I continue on to the next year, Survivor Series 1990, the only third annual SummerSlam at that point. Where in the main event in the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on August 27, 1990, you would have these two men meet inside of a steel cage matchup. Mind you, this will be the first ever steel cage matchup that's created SummerSlam in the main event for the World Wrestling Championship. Ultimately, had a big victory against Hulk Hogan in the Toronto Sky Dome at WrestleMania 6 earlier that year. Rick Rude felt like he needs to have that championship around his so-called gorgeous waist, you know. But, yeah, you know, main event there, you saw, you know, Ultimate Warrior defeat Rick Rude in about 10 minutes. The match wasn't too bad, but I still enjoyed it, because, like I said, Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior's right around the time was pretty epic, so I was actually a big fan of that to see them go one-on-one, Besides, that is still a case mm-hmm. match, yeah. but Also, uh, on the other card, you also had matches like Hulk Hogan and Earthquake, you know that Hulk Hogan successfully won right there. Yeah, matches with Randy Savage defeating Dusty Rhodes right there. It's a pretty epic match though overall, you know. But if you think about it, if you really had to go, you know, and have a great memorable tag match happen that night, go back and watch the Hart Foundation. Bret and able to knock Hart I meet mean, Demolition in two or three falls match right there. To me, SummerSlam is definitely known for its epic tag team matches, that's happening classics. This one, I'm disappointed. The Heart Foundation did win, you know, 2-1 against, you know, Har- again, against Demolition Accent Question Smash that night. Pretty epic tag team it's, it's For me, it's one of my favorite tag team matches in history of SummerSlam event there. But pretty cool, though. Overall, pretty cool. Alrighty, let's go back to the following year, 1991. We'll come back to New York City. Match for Garden for the second time. Twenty thousand fans sold out there. Pretty epic. Pretty epic overall. And yeah, you know who would ever thought like you would see two memorable things happen that night. There was a match made in heaven, but also there was a match made in hell. And the match made in hell consisted of, you know, Hulk Hogan, Tito wanted to go against Cole Mustafa and General Adnan and Sergent Slaughter in a two-on-three handicap matchup, with Sid Justice as a special guest referee. This is pretty cool. Uh, overall, you know, you had a lot of things that happened at this event here, which really signified, you know, how big, how epic this event was. You know, it's pretty cool, because you had a jailhouse match between Big Boss Man and Amalty, which Big Boss Man won, and the Mountie was locked up in jail in New York City for one night. You had an epic championship matchup here. This is actually the first time the million-dollar championship we did ever do defend at SummerSlam. Virgil defeated Ted DiBiase become the new champion. That's epic in itself, considering the relationship between Virgil and Ted DiBiase at the time. It's pretty cool. You had an epic, icy time matchup that would break to him and hard heart, defeated Mr. Perfect, becoming the brand-new and champion. Pretty memorable in the match itself. one of, Probably one of the best in ice time matches in history of SummerSlam, considering that one in about 20 minutes or so. You know, be a submission at that, too. You had an epic tag team matchup, a street fight. You know, I didn't know the street fight until I looked over I was like, oh, wow, this was actually a street fight. That was a normal two-on-two. We had the Legion of Doom Animal Hawk defeated the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags for the WWF Tag Team Championships Epic encounter there. So let's just say we had championships, you know, play hot potato that night at <laughs> some point in MSG. But nothing could be bigger than the wedding between Macho Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, which was dubbed the match made in heaven. This was pretty cool. You know, you go back and you see a lot of weddings that have been in most of them and then disaster. This one was, was definitely a success, very much a success. And it was pretty cool fitting that... Wapner's May 7 with these two getting them back together after Mom um, Randy Savage suffered a horrible career threat and lost to Alton Warrior. It was only fitting that this, ma- this wedding took place in New York City in M- MSG for SummerSlam. Go back to in 1991, probably one of the top 10 memorable Summerslams of all time. You know, it was just because of that moment. You know, you see the wedding between Monty and Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. It's pretty epic. You know, you're not going to, you know, at this point right there, pretty, pretty cool. But if you want to think about big epic SummerSlams, there's no SummerSlam that was literally probably one of the biggest ever. And this was the SummerSlam that took place outside North America. We it was so big, we had to go across the pond into England for SummerSlam '92 that took place on Wembley Stadium Monday, August the 29th, 1992, in London, England. It was pretty epic. It really was. You know, it's also the first major, major, major paper event that he's ever took place out of North America, the country. You know, on country. So it's pretty crazy. The attendance record was 80,355 fans there. The Sunslam, you thought you'd never see the tagline. It had a lot. You know, this is probably one of my favorite Sunslam's, you know, of all time. You know, first, you know, if you want to kick off with event so big, why not kick it off with guys running their motorcycles? Yeah, you had the Legion of Doom versus Money Inc. Teddy be and Aaron Scheister for a and a regular tactic matchup, which the Legion of Doom did win. You know, you had Nails and Rojo one-on-one here. This was pretty cool. Rick Martel and Shawn Michaels, which neither of them could punch each other in the face. Sissy Sherry was out there ringside, and the match ended in a double count-out. Still don't know how this match came about, but apparently this is, became one big love triangle. You know, so... Yeah, go back and watch the match. It's pretty interesting to see how the whole thing went about. They had a regular tag game match between the natural disasters and the Beverly Brothers, which natural disasters of Earthquake and Typhoon did win. Retaining championships. First to be the replay, man. And then you had the rematch from WrestleMania seven. The Warrior and Randy Savage. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Randy Savage did come with a big victory there you know, against the Ric Flair, Russman was made in knew that it was champion there. Actually, thought, you know, Randy Savage would never wrestle again. You know, take Ric Flair to him coming out. But that didn't stop Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect for being at ringside for the championship matchup here. The matchup went about 20 minutes. although did win, but he did not win the championship. The championship, the championship would, would stay on Randy Savage there via counter. Also, yeah, the end coming out in this hearse. This hearse with a cough inside of it. Yeah, Anteck didn't even walk that long onto the ring. He was carried on a hearse with somebody driving. I still don't know who the driver was that night. Pretty crazy, right? He's going well against Kamala that ended up being the key location in about four minutes. Pretty crazy though. You know, I think this is um the Ante's first SummerSlam here. So yeah, and check it out. I mean Yanteke had memorable many matches, in some history. Maybe after two of them. Eight, ninety seven, ninety eight, you know? But this is pretty cool. Pretty scary. You see the young coming out in the hearse with, through the sunroof, and there's a coffin inside of it. That's pretty scary. But that will lead to an epic match with the survivors that year. Hint, hint. And then in the main event, probably the one of the biggest main events in some of some, some awesome history, the British both challenged Brett the Heming heart in front of his hometown, London, England, for the Intercontinental Championship. The first time the Intercontinental Championship has ever made event the to the Payview at this point. This was pretty epic. This was a big deal, not only for you know Bridge Dog in his hometown and then brought him Hart, heart, but you gotta think about it. The IC title itself got so much prestige at, over the years and when it comes to the big sunset moment. This is probably this was probably be one of the biggest ones. You know, let's think about what happened in '88. Let's think about what happened in '89 or even last year, you know '91. that said too. Really saw a significance over the IC title here that was good enough to main event a pay-per-view event as big as SummerSlam. It's pretty epic. This was a huge deal at the time. You know? And British Bulldog and Bret Hart put on an epic classic. You know, which saw British Bulldog 1 with a roll-up pin in 25 minutes and 40 seconds. British Bulldog got that that moment in, in front of his home fans in the main event, winning the IC title. This was probably one of the better sendoffs of the pay-per-view event, when, you know, where fans... You know, going on happy like you know, our guy won. He's the championship. I'm I'm happy that I got my money's worth there. That's why everybody in when we stayed in thought at the time. You know, it's pretty epic. You could have no paper and off in a better moment than it did that time. It was pretty crazy. All uh, right, next the following year, also took place on Monday, August 30th, from the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan, SummerSlam '93. And this tackling was a fat chance somebody has to stop him. With the tens record, 23,954 fans. In the main event, you have Lex Luger, the American hero, Lex Luger, challenging Yokozuna for the Dental Championship in the main event here. It's pretty crazy. If you go back and watch the Monday Raw, I think it was the July 6th edition of Monday Raw, or July 7th, one of those. And you go back and see how the whole thing came out in the USSS thing that happened on the 4th of July in up History, you will see Lex Lula come as an invitation and bodies of Yokozuna on that boat. I think it was a slam from around the world, you know, at the time. And it's pretty epic. You know, I forgot the challenge here, you know, for um, Lex Lexula to go after the Yokozuna for the Didip Championship in the main met that night. Pretty epic, though. Pretty epic. It's pretty cool. But, yeah. So, also definitely saw a loss of, you know, good classic matches, you know. We saw Razor Ramon defeat Ted DiBiase in the opening matchup there. We saw these Diamond Brothers retain the tag Team insurance against the Heavenly Bodies, Jimmy Dalry and Tom Pritchard. We saw Shawn Michaels in a classic match against Mr. Perfect for the IC title there. And this was the first appearance we saw Diesel, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash, accompany Shawn Michaels to the ring there. But sadly, Shawn did win this match by countout and retain the Championship that night. These are ours defeat the 1-2-3 kid. And we saw, you know... Ludwig Borga, I still don't know who this guy is. Defeat Martin one-on-one there. We saw a first-ever Rest in Peace match between Undertaker, knocking off J- the Giant Gonzalez in about eight minutes or so. Don't know what was the point of that match, Rest in Peace match, but I guess, you know, there's no DQ type matchup, but, yeah, pretty cool, I guess. We saw the Smoking Us and Tatanka defeated the Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers in a 620-10 match there. And... You know, we saw Lex Luger defeated Yoksen by Kano within 20 minutes there. Pretty good a back and forth there. You know, I think it was, this Hunter was really built around the appearance of Lex Luger, even though he was called the Narcissist back in nine So I don't know how they were able to change up his character a little bit. You know, Narcissist, and now it's Lex Luger. I think this is a time period where Dedek was juggling, juggling around a lot of things as far as gimmick goes, but, you know, uh, that's just me just saying that, you know, I don't know if you guys feel differently about the gimmick changes that happened a lot around the time in W S three, but I guess so, you know. One important match that also happened that night there, yeah, Bret Hart was technically supposed to go one-on-one against Jerry Klonner that the epic rivalry started when Bret the Hitman Hart heart won the 1993 King of the Ring, the inaugural King of the Ring event back in 93. It was interrupted by Jerry Killala, calling himself the real king of the WWE. At the time, Jerry Klonner felt he had to fake and with feigned injury and high substitute, we saw Doink the Clown. Trust me, this is not the same Doink the Clown that you used to see. This was an evil clown. Mind you, we saw two of these guys in 9 which was, you know, as a kid, it would be kind of terrifying to see two evil clowns mimicking each other back and forth at RSV9 that time in Las Vegas. So, yeah. Now you're seeing this clown attack our wrestling hero, prepping him and hurt one on one. You no know, counter. It was a pretty good match though. The match lasted about ten minutes or so, and yeah, you know, Bret Hart did defeat Dwayne the Clown via disqualification. But Jake Lawler had a plan up his sleeve that saw him defeat Bret Hart via DQ in seven minutes. This is you think like how this how this happened? Like Bret Hart technically competed in two matches that night where he defeated you know Don the Clown via disqualification, but then lose to Jerry Lawler. Yeah, it's going to go out on the record that Jay Lawler has a bit through over Brett Damien heart of SummerSlam in 93. You know? Pretty crazy. Pretty mind-boggling if you think about it. Alright, let's go to SummerSlam 94. So hot. It's so scary. Oh, man. Who would, ever, who would ever forget this event? The Undertaker versus The Undertaker 1-on-1. The real Undertaker versus The fake Undertaker in the main event here. You know? Pretty epic SummerSlam here. You know? That only lasts about 9 minutes or so, but you know, real are with Paul Bearer that prevailed, defeated Teddy Biasi's free taker. And you also had a really good matchup there. You know, I'm not going to... I was two matches that happened tonight. It was really good. Yeah, Lundra plays, defeated Bull Nakano. Bo Nakano is one of the most favorite women to ever come out of Japan. Former WWE Women's Champion, but Lundra plays with defeated free Nakano one-on-one to retain the women's Championship that night. But also saw yeah, you also saw a very good match tonight between Razor Mo and Chandler Big Daddy Cole Diesel for the IC title here, Sean in Diesel corner and Chicago Bear sensation Walter Payton, will be in Ridgeman's corner. That's pretty cool that Walter Payton in the corner. You know that's that's a pretty big deal. You know, but yeah, Raymond Moss would end up end up defeating Diesel with a miscalculation, a super kick that connected Diesel in the face by accident. I don't know. Can we really call an accident? Maybe go back to the bed and watch this match between. Good. Big Daddy Cool these original there. But Rizzo Ramon would win the college championship in 15 minutes and 3 seconds that night. But also, who could have forget the dead championship match. It's the 2nd silk match ever since in history between two brothers, Brett and Owen Hart, fighting for the championship. This was a classic. This match was long classic. It's about a thirty thirty-three 33 minutes long. But go back and watch that cage match. Literally, the entire Hart family was involved in that matchup. Pretty good matchup there. You saw General and Night who you haven't seen in a while since, I think, 1994 King 3 when he first came back after a three, two, three year hiatus. You know, you saw the British Bulldog get involved in that, too, and, like, some of the brothers, the Hart brothers that got involved in the matchup. It was a pretty epic matchup, you know? And plus, you yeah, had Stu and on ringside, which didn't clarify the situation there, but pretty amazing, though. Epic, to say the least. Burhart would retain the chance by escaping the cage to win. But yeah, you know, it's also '94, pretty crazy though. You know, it happened in the United States, of Chicago, Illinois, which I'm gonna plug this in. AEW Rampage is happening Friday night in that same arena, so you know it's gonna be big. It's gonna be a big attendance break. It's gonna be sold out there. Hopefully, we'll get one straight as surprise. Wink, wink. All right, let's go back. To, let's go to the following 1995 Summer Slam. We go to the Pittsburgh 7th Arena in Pressburg PA. Now, yeah. You know, corporate matches. About 18,662 fans that night. Tagging was Face the Heat, mini Streets of Stanford bumper. But yeah, you know, overall, it's pretty cool, though. It wasn't too bad. You know, I, don't, I won't talk about much of the undercard, though, but let's go back let's go to the main match that happened that night. And it taken a defeated Kama in a casting match in about 17 minutes there. I love this match, mainly because this is... You know, everybody knows in real life, the BSK crew, you know, and you know how good the Undertaker and the Godfather are are friends of life, but you put them to the ring together, it's actually pretty, you know, meaningful to see these two-fight one, one here, much less so the casket match. Not only people remember this match up there, but if you go back and watch, Summerslam Come ninety five and you see this epic cast match between both these super-everyways, Kama and the untaker, about the same height, almost, and... It's a pretty good match back and forth, though. I gotta admit, this is probably one of my favorite matches in Antigua's history. You know, him and on his casket match. But yeah. Also, we had Bret Hart defeated Isaac Yankum via this qualification. Bret Hart unfortunately, got tied up in a ropes with his neck and head. And it wasn't pretty psyched, but if you go back and watch it, you're gonna see Isaac Yankum's DDS resemble to somebody very familiar that you all know. Uh, okay, I guess I'll spoil it for you right now. Isaac Yankum is Kane. If you don't know it, look at the hair, look at the face, and then to the Unmasked came from 2003 and so forth. That's the same person. It's the same person, same gimmick. You got him being a dentist which with bad, awful teeth. I don't know how the hell you can make a dentist with bad teeth. That, that, that just doesn't make any sense. I don't know where, I don't know where the debut was at the time. You know, with Glenn Jacobs being Isaiah Way better off debuting as Kane two years later in 97 way, way better off. Big, big payoff, you know? And yeah, you had also Diesel successfully defend the death chance against King Mabel here. King Mabel who would just come fresh off, you know, when the of Kings the ring there. But I feel like it was kind of short-lived, because, like, after Mabel, you know, would to lose against Diesel at this night, he was the right against the untaker. And don't get me wrong, it was okay, but I felt the untaker-King-Mabel match was kind of short a little bit, you know? they had a cast match played on that here in your house in December and that match is pretty short too so I don't know I feel like Mabel's push was only like a little bit but then it kind of down downplay as soon as 1996 was on around the corner so but yeah you know Diesel was around fire Diesel was the champion for about maybe what about a year almost about a year count, a whole count of year you know WWE was like okay we'll make Diesel chance for next year or so so it was on a red hot run. Diesel was defeating everybody at that time. Literally everybody. It was pretty crazy. Nobody Diesel was pretty much untouchable at that time in Deadlift's history. But whoever remembered Summerslam 95 would remember is damn good ladder match. And this is the first ladder match in the history of SummerSlam. Sean and Razor. It was so good, Res made 10, that it was like, we gotta do it again. And this was longer, about 26 minutes, you know, these two went for us. it. was A little longer than WrestleMania 10 ladder match. It was so cool, you know, because this time Shawn Michaels won. Shawn Michaels won. Remember the first time these um, Ramon won at WrestleMania 10, becoming a well, double IC champion. Shawn Michaels won this time. It was pretty cool, you know, because it gave us, you know, a treat for us fans that loved it the first time and wanted to see it again. It was really dubbed the rematch of the century. It was pretty cool. You know, go back and watch number 95. run it out, watch the ladder match. It was so cool. You know, I, I'm making a lot of matches. This is definitely one of the top line of matches ever in this company's history. It's pretty badass. It really was. All right, let's go back, go to the following 1996. We'll see Shawn Michaels defend the Dotto Championship against big fan Fader. This is pretty cool. You know, we had a record of 17,000, and the tagline was Opposites Attack. It's pretty crazy. You, you know, Shawn Michaels is, like, probably the lightest dev champion in history, because of Mysterio. But, like, you know, go back and watch that matchup. It's it's always some type of question. Shawn Michaels obviously finds a way to defeat these big opposing men at the time. You know, like Diesel, the British Bulldog, Cycle and now Company and Spader. It's pretty freaking incredible. You know, what Shawn can do, you know, if really put him in the forefront, you know, and Tom's going to showcase his skills. You know. But um, there's one thing about this event that people did not see. It was it was a um, free fall match up there. It's not showing on the record something like that. But I saw it on the Austin and that's the bottom line because Uncle Cecil DVD set that came out a number of years ago. There's a match between Austin and Young's going to happen on the free fall right before 796 took place. The matchup was about a minute and 50 seconds, but the ring, the, the ring didn't break. But the top rope collapsed when Yokozuna went for a bonsai drop on Austin. But Austin would get the pinfall on Yokozuna, 1-2-3, and win the match there. Thank God they put that top rope back in time before the something like aired, you know, that night. You know, so it's pretty unusual, but it's pretty crazy. You know, it's all hard to beat Salve Vega. We saw a failed four-way elimination matchup for the tag team, which was won by the Smoking Guns, thanks to Sonny. We also saw Psycho City for each British Bulldog, you know, about seven minutes. Goldust defeated Mark Murrow in one-on-one there. We saw Jerry Lawler defeat J.T. St. Roberts. So, yeah, not only did Jerry Lawler have the impressive victory in 93, but in 96, he has a victory over J.T. St. Roberts. So, you know, Jerry Lawler was pretty much undefeated some of you know, technically, if you want to call like that. But, yeah, pretty crazy. But, an yeah, the epic match between Sean and Vader for the championship that night, you know, about about 23 minutes. But, I think it had three different kind of matches. Because first it was about count up. Then it ended by disqualification. Jim Cornette could talk his ass off so much time to saying Sean goes go continue the match, drop the match, do it again. And Sean would win defeat rated by pin 4-3 finally, retaining the championship. This is how controversial and comparable Shawn Michaels was as the champion at that time. He was literally untouchable. Pretty crazy. But let's not forget, there was one unique match that happened in 1996, SummerSlam. It was the first ever boiler room brawl between the untaker and mankind. If you got a bit of rivalry, you got to think of any memorable rivalry in the NWC history. you got to think about the undertaker and rivalry. That lasted for a span of maybe two or three years. Their first match happened at the 6 King of the Ring, which the Mankind won for your submission. But then, you go back and watch the Will and Rock. This is probably one of the most epic matches you could ever see. These two men beat the crap out of each other that night. But Mankind won. But not for a turnabout from Paul Bear, who was the Undertaker's manager for six long years. Paul Bear turned on the untaker, Gave the earn to Mankind, getting Mankind a bit three in the first ever bowling brawl. You could ever, you cannot really think about something like that happened. The real controversy, this was so freaking incredible. You know, the end body carried out by the Creatures of the Night right the matchup. This was pretty damn scary. It really, was scary. I mean, go back and watch something 96 and go back and watch that matchup. This matchup was epic to say the least here. Yeah. You know, as a fan, I enjoy these kind of matches. Pretty damn cool. Alright, let's go back to Sunset 97 here. Pretty cool. You know, heart and soul. Everheart challenging the end ticket for the championship in the main event here. You know, you had a lot of good matches. You know, I recently watched Sunset. You had a steel cage matchup, which will be the, the third steel cage match between Mankind and Triple H, Hundred and something. You know, Mankind did his signature move. Pretended to be super fly Jimmy Snuka. Coming off the top of that cage with an elbow drop on Triple H. Then would escape the cage to win the matchup there. And I guess, I don't know, at the match, he kind of really just transformed to do love. It was kind of weird. He went from do kind of do love in that matchup. So, yeah. Pretty epic. You know, it was kind of fun watching Dan sat there, you know, fighting that uh, silky match against Triple H. So, pretty cool moment, you know. <laughs> we had Goldus defeated Brian Pillman. Yeah, the Legion of Doom take out the Goblins, Henry and Phineas Garwin. You had a usual matchup for the European championship. I think this was the first time the European title would be defended at SummerSlam. You know. the had British Bulldog defeated Ken Shamrock beat his qualification when Ken Shamrock, you know snapped. Remember, you know, whoever looks at match would eat dog food. So yeah, I'm pretty sure if you're world, if you're the world you're the world's most dangerous man, the last thing you wanna do is eat dog food. You know, so Pretty crazy, pretty epic here. And then, you had an usual 8-man attacking matchup. This is pretty cool, because nobody loves good faction encounters. You know, you love like a good faction match, and you want to see, like, the best factions just go in there and beat the hell out of each other. There was a serious rivalry between the Los Periquas and, you know, the DOA, the, the, the Cypress of Apocalypse. You know, Crush... And Saabegas got fired from the nation's domination after not living up to their standards by Farouk. So Farouk is, you know, a leader of the nation. Yeah, Saabegas is a leader of the Los Periquas. And he had crushed the leader of the Disciples of Apocalypse. So, we get these factions together. No official in the country we can stop them from doing what they want to each other. But Los Periquas would get the win after interference from the nation's domination against the Disciples of Apocalypse that night. So, pretty crazy. You had two very memorable matches. You know, you had one, and I'm talking about this a lot because Stone Cold 97, you really got to dive into it here. So, the first one, the Ice time match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Owen Hart here. And it's pretty crazy. If you saw any house Canadian Stampede, you saw that Owen Hart did pin Steve Austin 1 2, 3. And Austin Snap was arrested that night, you know, taking the handcuffs before flipping off the Canadian crowd that night in Calgary. But, you know, the was so epic that Stone Cold Steve Austin said if he did not defeat Owen Hart, literally for the IC championship, he would have kissed Owen Hart's ass. You know, and I believe that would have been true because Austin always keeps his word. Pretty incredible here, though, but think about it, you know. That match was so played out. There was a mistake at the end where it cost Stone Cold Steve Austin's entire career. The power driver that, you know, was about maybe three or four inches below the the crotch area that Austin's head was upside down and Owen Hart came down so hard that it defused Austin's neck and broke by a couple of his spinal cords, his dick's elbow, like disfusions in his neck, and it was pretty crazy. You know, they had to come with a different finish that night, because that wasn't supposed to be a finish. You know, it was a different one. Luckily, Austin was able to get some feeling back to his arms and roll up on her for one, two, three. So, Austin was your new acting champion by what cost, you know? Because he was hurt so badly that he couldn't even hold up the championship before having slammed on the ground. It was pretty crazy. You know, that's kind of one of those scary things in be history you don't want to see happen to anybody, but it just happens because of some malfunction. You know, and thank God Austin was okay after that. You know, he still continue on his wrestling career. So, but then you go back and watch that match it's it's a good match, but just the ending was like, oh man, it's just really, really really sad. You know, you wouldn't want to see that for anybody. Overall, so pretty crazy, pretty epic. But yeah, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the new champion in about sixteen minutes, sixteen seconds that night. So pretty good one of a match back and forth. Now let's get to the main event here: the dead-up championship between Bret and Hart and The Untaker. There was one incomparable, Shawn Michaels, who was the special guest referee that night. Pretty one of the, one of the better memorable matches in some history for the, for the World Championship. It's pretty crazy. There was a lot of things on the line here. I think, not only Untieck the Championship on the line here, but Brett Hammer at this stated, if he could not defeat the Untieck for the Championship, he would not wrestle in the United States, ever, United States of America ever again. So if Burrard didn't win, he would never wrestle on U.S. soil. The same thing about Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels didn't call his match down the middle considering his hatred brought to him Hart and shown really any lenience towards the Undertaker. there. Shawn Michaels said he would also not wrestle in the United States ever again. You know, considering that Shawn does live in San Antonio, Texas. So pretty crazy. Pretty pretty epic and pretty crazy. But yeah, you know, his matches played back and forth there. Yeah. Brahardt did try to do a lot of dirty tactics in the matchup there to beat the intake, but then God Sean called him caught call him off guard and all those charges, all those uh I guess dirty tactics, as you could say. And you know, he passed with it in the matchup there and then you see, you know, um Brett Damon Hart was gonna strike the intake with the chair, Sharma stopped him. So Brehart would spit in Sean Michael's face as soon as Sean took the chair away from it, and was gonna connect that with Brett Damon Hart, which was still you know, caused a lot of the friction. But, yeah, Sean ac- accidentally hits the Undertaker, And then, Verard gets covered. And then, Sean counts him one, two, three. He did not want to count it. But he did. Brett Hymour is now your five-time champion. Pretty crazy. You know, pretty crazy ending there. But, Sean did keep through this word. Not showing any lineage the lineage towards the Undertaker, And, of course, Verard did defeat the taker. So, both men will still be able to wrestle in the United States. But... I woke off the untake. and take an lost his championship that night. And, you know, it's kind of such a tough situation for the untaker right there. You know, so, yeah. You know? But, wow. Pretty crazy epic ending to a SummerSlam, especially 97. All right, let's talk about one more SummerSlam. And this is one of my favorite SummerSlam of all time, SummerSlam 98. Dubbed the Highway to Hell. We go back to New York City Magic Garden for a third time and third sell off SummerSlam in the garden 21,000 fans there about seven hundred thousand buy rate. That's pretty hard Considering that we are like in the peak middle of the ad at that time, so you know if you want to make a some, some i think you gotta put on it as best matches best best memorable matches that everybody's gonna be talking about for a long long time. you know it's pretty crazy, yeah you know, we had uh three uh three match Ab night heat here, which saw too much. Well, later we will be called Too Cool, you know, Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor defeat LOD 2000 Animal Hawk, you know. And then we see Gangrel defeated Dustin Rolls, Dustin Runnels. I guess, sorry, <laughs> Dustin Rose at the time. It was pretty crazy. You know, you go back and look at the Gangrel character. It's probably one of the best gimmicks ever because, you know, it's a vampire, but he played out so well with so much attitude and when he got with Edge and Christian and formed the brood. It's It's... Gangro character is probably the top 10 best gimmicks ever in the company's history. They just did so much good with that. And it was so good that, you know, Gangrel does, you know, still does appearances nowadays in the indies as the vampire character. Gangrel it, it's fully trademarked. It's, it's officially his. He can do whatever he wants with it. You know, it's pretty badass. You know? And also, the Disciple of Harkless Skull 8-Ball defeated Brashaw Invader. Pretty crazy. You know, you never think Bradshaw, who is now named JBL, team with Vader. That's gonna be a pretty unstoppable tag team, but at the time, wasn't that unstoppable. You know, they just couldn't couldn't work well together, unfortunately. But yeah, let's go down the list of matches from this epic SummerSlam in 98. You got Dealer Brown defeated Val Venus. The second time of the European would will be the one in SummerSlam here, but be it a qualification. And loving it's not free, and give them the money shot. So, yeah, <laughs> loving the first sign wasn't really good, but a miracle ending to say the least. Here, you had the oddities, which well, this is a very weird group, but their song was performed by the insane clown posse ICP, which which who which that was very famous, famous at the time. So, get credit for oddities having such a fun theme song to dance to at the time. So. Especially Kurgan, Kurgan in tie dye shirt and a black hat. It's kind of funny to think about it. Kurgan's what this giant dude, and he's coming out here with a tie dye shirt and just dancing around having fun. Considering that his his um uh, his gimmick year fall ninety seven was a party true commission, very serious, you know. But it was pretty cool. I like to see the, the fun side of these big giant characters here dancing. It's pretty it's pretty funny to watch here. But yeah, he came up with the giant silver and Gaga which I don't know who the hell are these people. But it comes by Luna Vashon defeated Kain Tai Dick Togo um Menteoho, and Sho Funaki and Takuma Shinoku. Of course you know Sho Funaki is Funaki the commentator for the WF Chom China Mendai announcement Table so pretty cool, you know. And also you had X-Pac defeat Jeff Jarrett in a hair vs match. That lasted about 12 minutes. X-Pac won the match and Jeff Jarrett Got that uh, famous haircut that you see nowadays, so yeah. Yeah, I gotta thank s for that. For giving us that memorable sounds moment there. Alright, also you had Jacqueline and Mark Merrill defeated Sable and the pay-per-view debut of Edge. Edge would be kind of, to be saved this reporter there, defeating Jacqueline Merrill in about ten minutes that night. So mixed tattoo match there. Pretty cool to say at least here. It had the first ever Lions Den match between Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart here. This memory is pretty takes the severe turn where Owen Hart defeated Ken Shamrock in that first ever Lions, um, not Lions Den match. Uh, what do you call it? The, the Hard Dungeon match back in Calgary that happened at Fully Loaded the month before. And technically, to be Severin has some problems match up there being Owen Hart's coach trainer. Unfortunately, that did not seize the help O'Hara get the victory here as when O'Hara was in the ankle lock by Ken Shenrock, Dan the B7 walked out on him. On ended up tapping out and Ken Shenrock got the victory here. And they our lines in the first stuff lines didn't match up here. So pretty good match, you know, for the most part. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. You know? Alright. Then we have a pretty much a I don't know what to call it a handicap match, but we're still technically does a tag team match for the Tag Team where Mankind was supposedly the poster defender with Kane. Kane was a no-show that someone's in the 98. You know, considering what happened the Raw before, where Kane and Mankind beat the hell in that hell, saw match up there, it was probably the 2nd saw match that ever happened on Monday Raw. But, like, also, you had, you know, Kane earlier who was in a to Destroyer by someone see Watson Steve Austin saying that he, Heath, so... Yeah, pretty crazy to the least, here. And people were still wondering was, if Kane would be in Corner for me. Right? But in this match game, was no show. Mankind had to go long against New Jalos there. New Jalos with a quick victory six minutes, and it ended up you know, regaining the taxi championships. So this is a good night for DX. And then you know, dumping Mankind in that dumpster, in which we finally saw Kane in the pair of dumpster, it would get a huge damn Full crushing, such hammer shot to Mankind inside the dumpster, and ugh, you know, we did not like Mankind's face after that event. It was pretty sold up, you know? Pretty pretty crazy there. You know? So it's something you also don't want to see happen to two partners, even though if they're opposing opposites of Kane and Mankind. So, pretty crazy there. Still, so we had to bless us with another memorable line match here. First time ever Triple H in the Rock. This will be the first line match between both these guys here, they were destined to put on a classic here. You know? You know, Triple H came out with China, and the Chris Warren and the DX band. I mean, I don't know. It's so cool when you see, you know, the DX band perform, you know, their song, you know, for DX, any member that comes out. And it's pretty cool. We saw WrestleMania 14 in Boston. Now we're seeing them here again in SummerSlam 98 So it's pretty cool, though. I love love the DX band, Chris Warren. They they do such a good job. They really do. But, yeah, Epic lab Match lasted about 26 minutes here. Triple H won. And that's pretty cool because, like, this whole rivalry all the summer between DJ Rich X and Nation, The Rock mainly got the upper hand. So it was good for the last time these two fought, and I see finally seen Triple H win. And it was pretty cool. You know, it meant a lot. You know, it was a good match for DX. I remember DX winning the matches that night. So that's pretty cool. But to cap it all off with Triple H, you know, Climb the, climb the ladder again. that I actually saw about was pretty amazing to say the least. I, I loved it. I really do. And yeah, we got the main event. The Highway to help concludes here. Summertime between Austin and the Antaker. Two of the biggest superstars at the time that comes to history going one-on-one for the Dutter Championship. TD Undertaker coming out here first to his music here. I, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Antaker music. This is probably one of the best ones. It's a legit one of the best Antaker theme songs, you know? I loved it. And they see also come out here with the glass shadow in the background there. It's pretty cool. You know, both men had their crowd entrances leading the hit to Sons 98 in New York City. So, pretty epic. You know, one of the classic made here. You saw a highlight in this matchup where Entek came down with a leg drop on the top rope to the um, Austin, who was on the Spanish outside, table from the inside of the ring to the outside of the ring there. And I don't know if know this, but, like, I'll listen to the. Uh, something to wrestle with the Bruce Prichard podcast on the Apple Apple Podcasts, and there's one takeaway from this match. I didn't know until I watched the match recently. Austin was about knocked knock down this matchup. I think both their heads collided, and Austin was knocked out for, like, a couple of seconds to the point where he, he couldn't move, you know? So, I was pretty scared to think about too, but thank God Austin regained consciousness and continued the match up there. And that's a pretty good ending, though. You know, at right, one point in the matchup, he had can't come out. It looked like he was going to appear, but Antik told him to go to the back. He just wanted to do this one-on-one. he really wanted to prove that he could defeat Austin for the championship. Pretty crazy. I actually got admired about the Antik on his part, you yeah. know, which actually made the Bay event really one epic to watch, you know. the ending there. Antik come up with, um, on the top of the old school. Also a low blow that didn't seem like a low blow, but the referee's discussion was pretty clean. Austin with the stunner. One, two, three. Austin is still, your know, the big championship. And, you know, of course, the Undertaker got back up and presented Austin with the championship, saying uh, Austin was the man that, that night. But just that night. A lot of people didn't know what was going to come after in a couple months for Austin and the championship itself, you know. And then you have the epic shot. If you go back and watch that event, in the background, you see Kane coming out here. Undertaker it came looking at Austin, the with championship, in that background, you see those two monsters here just looking with their hands on the hips and then, they like, damn, yeah. okay, yeah, this is not over. <laughs> this is it's just the beginning. <laughs> with Austin, Kane, and the it it's pretty, pretty amazing there. But yeah, you know, it's also 98, it was very memorable for that night, you know? But think about it, you know, what's to come there if you, you know, add these epic and memories matches? Now, you had, Mankind won the WWE Championship from Triple H in Austin to third You had the first ever TLC match in 2000. You had The Rock becoming the WWE Champion in SummerSlam 01. You had Brock Lesnar become the youngest WWE Champion and defeating The Rock in SummerSlam 02. You had the Little Championship match with that Triple H retained the championship with Goldberg involved. You had SummerSlam 04 where you saw Randy become the youngest world champion in WWE's history defeating Christian Moore. Yeah, some 05, Oh, I had a bonus episode about it, where you saw Shawn and Hulk Hogan, first time ever, Shawn Michaels losing to Hulk Hogan that night. Pretty epic. Some 06, where you saw DX, and McMahon, first time ever, Triple H, Shawn Michaels defeating the Mr. Man and epic tag team classic. Yeah, Samsung 07, with the return of Triple H, defeating King Burke and one-on-one there. Some 08, first time ever, John Cena and Batista one-on-one there, which Batista won the match. And kind of broke John Cena's neck at the same time in that matchup, too. Yeah, Samson, '09: 9 the return of DJ and the epic entrance, defeating Legacies Cody Rhodes and Ted Miyazza Jr. that night. Yeah, SummerSlam 2010, where you saw, finally, the Nexus got taken down by Team WWE led by John Cena in Epic Classic. You had all these great SummerSlam moments that will come forth, and it's just really amazing to think, wow, SummerSlam has provided so great memories that people are not going to forget. What is going to be epic memory this year SummerSlam? Maybe some predictions I'm throwing out there. I'm going to make my predictions right now. I think I'm going to speak on my predictions right now for this year SummerSlam 2021 in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's going to be epic. I can't wait. As far as the raw tape for championship match goes, I think I can see Ranger and Riddle working this thing together and becoming a tag champ. If they do, it will be a huge shock. Because Styles almost have been pretty dominant as a team lately. But who knows? Randy has had it against Summer SummerSlam. He could do it. You know, just be rid of it for SummerSlam. Think about it. We could see some magic between these two guys. Something, of special bound to happen magic there. The Smack on tag chances. I could see Rain and Dominic regaining the tag chance from the Usos. I got to appreciate the Usos. They're probably the best tag team right now in WWE's history today. But, come on. If you're going to go against family, there's no greater family to win that tag chance than Rain Dominic. You know, the static name. You have a usually between Eve Marie, who I think this will be a first season match since coming back to the WWE about a couple months ago, going one on one against Lex Bliss. Lex Bliss has had some good some, some memories too, you know. But I can definitely say it's, it's hard to predict. I think Lex can is going to go easily over. I'll be really surprised if Eve Marie gets a victory. That would be kind of shocking itself because her wrestling background isn't as really extensive as other women's wrestlers are, so Let's see what happens. The Raw Women's Championship matchup, with the matchup, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Nikki Ash is going to walk out champion. I don't know how she's going to do it, how she's going to do it, but she's going to do it. Nikki Ash is going to walk out of of saying Raw Women's Champion. That's my prediction right there. SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair, I gotta say, has had a good run. I love that woman as being a champion. But I think Sasha makes his time for the game championship one on one. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with Sasha makes to walk out of Legion Stadium. The new Santa was champion that night. So Genesis Championship match. they I mean, Damian Priest and Sheamus first time ever. So for my prediction, I predict that Damien Priest is gonna walk out United England champion. It's his time. He had a good wrestling encounter with Bad Bunny. With Bad Bunny there, so I predict. You know the Priest to walk out as United States champion. Also, we got, you know, other good matches that night. There, it's gonna be really epic. So, yeah, definitely one to remember here. And you know, it's just, it's just gonna be really epic. You know, gonna be very, very epic. Grimaud and Jimma Mahal. This is pretty hard to predict. I'd be really surprised if Jim Hall does get a victory, considering he has not had a huge baby victory in such a long time, but. You know, of course, I'm gonna go with my man McIntyre. You can't really get against the Scottish Cyborg, so. McIntyre easily bit 3 here at SummerSlam this Saturday night. Alrighty, let's get to the main event matchups here. First epic time ever. First time I've ever, ever match with Edge Seth Rollins. I don't know. I, this is hard to call because I love both these guys, but if you really want to make an apiece of so defeating Edge at. At one time, Edge was undefeated at SummerSlam, you know, until he lost the New York in 2008. So I'm going to go with Seth Rollins here to get the victory against Edge. It's a small prediction. I know many people might not be happy to hear that, but I'm picking Seth Rollins here for the, three, for the victory. The main event here, Bob Lash and Goldberg. I think Goldberg has come back way too many times to the point where he doesn't really need to be their champion. I'm going with Bob Lash on this point. Plain simple. Bob Lashley is the future that will be here. It's only my friend to walk out of Legion Stadium, still WWE champion. John Cena, Roman Reigns. Many people have been asked, are they Team Cena or Team Reigns? Are you team, you can't see me? Or your team, acknowledge the head of the table? The thing is, you know, we saw the first counter at No Mercy four years ago where Roman Reigns did defeat John Cena, an incredible counter. I'm picking... I'm picking Roman Reigns to walk out as champion. Not only because he needs to, but it's just the fact that, you know, John Cena coming back, winning the matchup, become a 17-time champion, it'll be pretty cool. But I just don't think he'll get past Ruffles level. Ruffles in record. You know, I think that record will ever be shattered. You know? So, I'm picking Roman Reigns to walk out as Slam, and so universal champion. But then... You know, it's been a pretty fun episode, though. You know, I couldn't dive into more here. I've got a little bit of time limit here, but don't worry. We'll talk about those other Sim moments in the future here. Pretty incredible. I'm, I can't wait for Sim this Saturday night. And don't forget, NXT TakeOver 36 this Sunday night. Here, first of you have a WWE event on Saturday night. and NXT TakeOver Sunday night. They're pretty polar opposites here, but I can't wait to see it. It's going to be really fun to watch here. Samoa Joe and Carry Cross for the NXT Championship. Who is going to win that matchup? And the last time i brought Cole O'Reilly 3, three stages of hell. It's going to be really amazing to see NC State go over 36th and Sunday night on Peacock. And it's going to be really amazing here. All right, fans, that's it. I got to go here. My time is officially up, but don't worry. I'll be back next week. I know I missed last week due to work scheduling, but we'll be back, you know, next week with a special episode. I'm not going to spoil it for you now, but let's just say it's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to come up with something unique here. But definitely tune in to next Wednesday night on God Have Heart Wrestling Podcast, featuring your show, Jamal Honus. And it's going to be really epic, amazing. We'll see you then. And everybody have a good Wednesday. Enjoy. We'll see you today. And it's still summer. Have some fun. All right. See you later, guys.